Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Met Spectro through the multiverse! Happy New Year, and welcome to another episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. As always, I'm your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime superhero fan, lifetime animation fan, and you've reached the podcast talking comic book animation, and welcome to the very special New Year's episode, the final episode of 2022. Hope it's been a good year for y'all. Hope you got those resolutions and ready for the new year. I'm going to briefly explain the rules, and we're getting right into it. Rule number one, comic book animation. That's all I got to say. Rule number two, big fan of the old team-up books, Marvel Team-Up, Marvel 2-in-1. DC Comics presents Brave and the Bold, so this is a team-up podcast every week. Myself and a guest, talking comic book animation. Rule number three, and most important, we got to have fun. Welcome, like I said, to episode 84, and as always... We have an action-packed New Year's episode going out on a bang. We have not one, not two, but three special guests joining us this week. I'm going to introduce them all first. He is the show's Iron Man expert, scourge of the flea markets, king of the bargain bins. Welcome back, Francis. Hello, Matt. Thanks for having me back. As always, a pleasure. Number two, he's one of the youngest members, well, members, is it a member? Youngest guests ever in the history of the multiverse. We call him our Spider-Man expert, we'll call him lifetime Spider-Man fan, Jordan. Hey, glad to be back. And last, but certainly not least, he is our Green Lantern expert and professional internet troll, Dave Walker. Certainly not least, Dave Walker is back in the house. How lucky are you and your fans? Welcome, gentlemen, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So, uh, last New Year's, we uh, got together for the Fantastic Four. So, since we did Marvel, we agreed we're going to do DC. And I'm very excited, because we're going to be talking about something that has never been talked about on this show before. The original... The Big Red Cheese himself, Captain Marvel. The original Captain Marvel. None of that Shazam bullcrap. Well, I just mean there's been other Captain Marvels, and this is the one, the original. The the only one that matters. Carol Danvers, first appearance on the show. And, all right. um, We wouldn't say uh, anyone here is is an expert, but Dave, I guess you'd be the closest one that might resemble – a Shazam slash Captain Marvel expert. I, I'd put Cap in my top 20. He's not my top 10, but he's definitely a top 20 character for me. <laughs> top not 20. Top 20. Wow, you're yeah, so generous. Hey. <laughs> hey, there's only some spots to go around. I do have a lot of love for the big red cheese. Franny, Jordan, do you think you could actually come up with a top 20 favorite superhero? <laughs> oh, no. Top 10. 
about the farthest I can reach. Everybody knows what the top 20 was. You do know I love to make bets, but I'm not sure I can come over that much right off the top of my head. Franny's always the first person to come through on a list. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, we are talking Shazam. We are talking Captain Marvel. He's one of the oldest superheroes out there today. Going back to his first appearance, uh, we had this discussion a little bit before going on the air. The end of 1939, possibly 1940. And it was Wiz Comics issue two. He hit the uh, shelves in 1939, but cover date 1940. And created by the legendary C.C. Beck, Bill Parker. Take you back to any of you younger listeners back in the uh, the golden age of comic books. The superhero genre had really exploded being in 1938 with uh, the debut of one Superman. And pretty much every uh, Tom, Dick, and Harry started a comic company was cranking out superheroes back then. But unlike most of them, Fawcett Comics produced Captain Marvel, who, uh, one of the few that could actually say he rivaled, if not beat, Superman back in the Golden Age. Uh, Captain Marvel beat Superman like a red-headed stepchild. <laughs> um, in fact, at one point... Beat him like it owed him money. <laughs> Captain Marvel... Captain Marvel beat Superman like a rug. And now Superman owns him. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, supposedly, Captain Marvel, Shazam, for anyone who doesn't know, was approximately selling 1.3 million copies per issue. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what anybody at DC or Marvel would do to sell that many copies? Now, wait a minute. I'm told by all the experts that this is the best time for comics in history. Never been stronger. I'm not sure if you took the top 10 selling comics right now, if they would even equal 1.3 issues uh, combined, to be honest with you. They sell 1.3 issues from what I hear. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they could do 1.3 million. I believe the biggest comic of 2022 sold somewhere between 500 and 800,000 copies, but that's kind of an anomaly in today's comic book market. So maybe the top 10 might, might equal what one issue of Captain Marvel would sell back in they the have, 40s. They have to inflate a number somehow, like put it as a free add-in on a loot crate deal or something if they're going to get that high in this day and age. Or trick some sucker into buying five alternate covers. Yeah, you'd have to be a real jackass to buy five copies of the same comic in 2022. So, back in the, in the 40s, uh, Fawcett Comics, they, uh, they wanted to dip their toes in the superhero genre. So uh, C.C. Beck and uh, Bill Parker got together. At, at one point, the original idea was uh, Captain Thunder, but it turned out that is actually there was already a copyrighted character named Captain Thunder. Uh, at one point, it was even suggested being called Captain Marvelous, but someone exercised a good judgment and ixnayed that because that is a terrible name. You know how many problems would have been solved if they just went with Captain Thunder and they actually got to hold on to that name? <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't be now uh, seven, eighty years later, where now people are calling him Shazam when his name is actually I don't Captain know. Marvel. I think I like Captain Marvelous. And uh, so they started working on the comic, and uh, one of the things when they were developing it, um, I believe it was uh, CC Beck who said that uh, they were going to base this more on mythology and uh, not based on, I quote, the hackneyed formula of pulp magazines. Oh, C.C. Beck. <laughs> the man was the master of a backhanded insult. 
Because if you watch the early uh, comic industry, they really were heavily, they can deny it all they want, but they were extremely heavily influenced by the pulp magazines that preceded them. Batman is basically the shadow. Panel to panel. Superman is Doc Savage. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, (laughs) not to knock Captain Marvel, but they just, there's obviously a lot of pulp influence back then. There was a lot of, if somebody had a success, other companies were going to come up with their version of it. So uh, they're popular, and you gotta wonder if they hadn't outsold Superman, would DC have made such a stink and tried to make the lawsuit that eventually ended Fawcett Comics? No. Anyway, think of it, that was a lengthy process for DC, too. They spent a lot of money in the courtroom, and that went on for years, and it went back and forth. It, it was like, you know, one would win a decision, the other would win a, something else on appeal. It went on for a long time, so pretty sure DC wouldn't have uh, ruffled any feathers with that. Well, it originally. DC filed the lawsuit, copyright infringement, in 1941, and Fawcett finally agreed to settle it and gave up, not until 1953. So that went on for over a decade, back and forth. And Fawcett actually won the original case against them. They won the original, the original case, case, the judges ruled in their favor. That later got overturned by a DC appeal. But they went back and forth. Yeah, and it wasn't until 1953 that the superhero genre had pretty much bottomed out and Fawcett at that point just decided it wasn't worth it anymore to continue to fight DC. But, obviously, you gotta love the character. Plus, part of a brilliant thing was he was an actual child who turned into a superhero. So, at that point, most of the children, Robin, you know, things like that, were, were sidekicks. So, they tapped in the market by having a child who became a superhero, which I think contributed to its popularity back in the 40s. It's, it'd be like more relatable for a kid, you know, if- of course, they ended up giving him his own kid sidekick. <laughs> it was it was the perfect conceit for a comic. I mean, so kids like Batman and they like Superman, but you were never going to be a millionaire and you were never going to come from Krypton. But you could be a little kid who gets to say a magic word and become an adult. That is true. That is super powered adult. Uh, and like I said, massively popular in the forties. Uh, in fact, uh, Captain Marvel Junior is the favorite superhero of one Elvis Presley. Mama. Franny, you are also, that's your favorite superhero as well, correct? <laughs> I'm a Mary Marvel man myself. You're a Mary, but you're not a Mary Marvel. <laughs> I know how anybody could have a problem with Captain Marvel Jr. <laughs> then, uh, even though C.C. Beck and Bill Parker get a lot of the credit, uh, Otto uh, Pender uh, deserves a lot of the credit as well, because I believe it was, uh, I'm not sure what, Dave, you're the expert. It was either C.C. Beck or Bill Parker that got drafted into World War II. Into the, it was Parker, yeah. Parker, and then Otto Bender came in, and he he created a lot of the, the mythos, mythos of yeah. Captain Marvel. He, he was kind of like the Bill Finger of the whole operation. He uh, contributed to creating Uncle Marvel, Takitani, Mary Marvel, Mr. Mind, and Black Adam were all from the mind of Otto Binder. Yeah, a lot of great stuff that uh, DC was going to get to strip mine decades later. And um, for anybody who doesn't know, because I don't know if we went into it, the lawsuit came was DC was saying that uh, Captain Marvel was a ripoff of Superman. Well, you know, Fawcett kind of brought some of that on themselves, because as much as I don't want to defend DC on this one. The, you look at the cover for Wiz Comics number two, he is throwing a car with criminals spilling out of the car as it crashes into something. I mean, it looks, it's basically a, an homage to Action Comics number one right there. They were just begging for it. Rip off! In fact, if they had tweaked Captain Marvel's design in any way, they probably could have avoided the whole lawsuit. Uh, Franny, what do you think? I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm a Marvel guy. 
Same, Franny, same. Marvel folks got to stick together. Also, uh, a little claim to fame for uh, Captain Marvel. He was the first superhero ever adapted into live action with the 1941 Adventures of Captain Marvel. My boy, Tom Tyler. I believe it actually precedes the Fleischer Superman cartoons, even. It might have beat those to being seen. So he's, uh, I don't think he gets enough credit in today's market. Uh, it's such a great uh, movie serial, too. That was back in the days when a when a superhero could actually unleash some justice on bad guys. That was the one where the uh, you watched it with me, I think, once when we were teenagers, where they're fighting. He's fighting some gangsters on the roof, and he takes one of the guys and he throws him off the roof. Captain Marvel oh, does. That's he really pitches him off the roof. And then there's another point where they've got a, a machine gun on a tripod, and they're shooting at Captain Marvel, and he, the bullets are bouncing off his chest. And then when he gets closer to them. They all start running away, and he takes the machine gun, and he turns it around on the tripod, and he shoots them all in the back as they're running. Mind you, mind you so, this is a uh, child doing this. This is a child. Yes, this is a little boy. Well, the, the serial version of Ke- Billy Batson was older than the, the comic version, but yeah, he was still young. Shoots them in the back. It is phenomenal. Captain so, Marvel looking for blood, bro. So, like I said, yeah, the lawsuit went on back and forth between Fawcett and DC. Uh, Fawcett finally gave up in 1953. They uh, they stopped it. They let DC get the copyright to uh, Captain Marvel. A lot of it because the industry, comic superheroes, it could have pulled out a few years later. Imagine the difference it would make. Three, three more years. So, yeah, so, like, then they're, they're losing money. You figure they're losing money. EC's taking off. They got horror, romance, Western, sci-fi is all taking off. Superheroes are dead. The only superheroes that are really being published are Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Green Arrow are the only ones that are really being continuously published by DC. And if they had just held on three more years, Fawcett would have been... The Silver away. Age had started and superheroes came back in a big way. And I think we'd all be thinking about Captain Marvel in a, in a different light than we are now. They had a whole universe. They had the Marvel family. They had all, all the villains that came with that. It really kind of a great setup. The the most <laughs> the most thought provoking supervillain of all time. It must have taken him days to come up with this name. I know where you're going with this. Captain Nazi. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> what does he do? What is his? <laughs> he, what do you need? He's a Captain Nazi. He's, he's everything you need to know right there. I mean, at least Marvel, you know, they made a master man. I mean, they they. He's pretty much Captain Nazi, but at least they didn't put Nazi in the title. It's just like, they could have put a little more thought into that one. Nope, nope. They just put it right out there. I am a Captain Marvel fan. I love Captain Marvel. Um, always been a fan. But he also represents the one thing Dave and I completely disagree on in comic books. I complain superheroes never evolve. Dave wants them to devolve. It was up to Dave. Shazay would still have black dots for eyes and uh, would still be delivering newspapers. Yeah, yeah. and I would be right to get that, to get my way. There is no whimsy, there's no fun, there's no magic in comics anymore. Captain Marvel should have a comic where he's, it it could almost be a parody. It could almost be like the Deadpool of DC, breaking the fourth wall, just not not violent, not Deadpool in the violent way. (laughs) Just, it's a fun, goofy comic, almost a parody. It it should not be serious. Randy, you cannot agree with this. I think he's uh, going a little off base. Uh, I, I think Marvel's fun. I like the imagination in comics and stuff. I'd have to agree with my dad. That's... Okay, Captain Marvel is fun, and you can still do a wind school comic today. In fact, Jeff Smith did Mr. the Monster Society of Evil story, which was fun. But pretty good. It's 
<laughs> the comics, they're, they're circular storytelling. That's the problem is they don't evolve. They just keep telling the same thing over and over and over again. I mean, it was up to you. He would still be in the 40s delivering newspapers. Yeah, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd put Captain Marvel back in the 1940s. I wouldn't even have him interact with the rest of the DC Universe. Give him his own little corner. Actually, a lot of heroes today should go back in time. Like Spider-Man, I'd love to see him back in the 60s or like any bat or batman or better times man better times sounds like we need a crisis you didn't realize part of the appeal of spider-man in the 60s was he was a kid and he was growing up just like the kid reading like he graduated high school went to college yeah i love that i love that uh seeing him get older so anyway (laughs) dc got the rights and here's where things get the waters get muddled and very confusing they didn't do a comic book until 1973 where they gave Shazam, Captain Marvel's own comic. Dave, I'm going to let you handle this one, because there seems to be a lot of misconceptions and back and forth on the whole Captain Marvel thing. There's been the supposedly Stanley rushed out the Marvel character to make sure that they always had the rights. Why don't you enlighten everybody? Marvel, Marvel wasn't about to let DC have plaster the name Captain Marvel all over the cover, so they did what they had to do to protect their IP, which... I, I can't blame Stan Lee for doing that. As far as I know, yeah, they, they created the Marvel character to keep DC stunted with the, what with what their plans were. And as a result, uh, I believe, uh, this has been disputed, but he is Captain Marvel, but they could never just put it on the cover. Yeah, it was name. because of the difference between trademark and... and uh, you know, whatever with the license, they could they could call him Captain Marvel on the inside, and they could call it Shazam on the outside, but they can't market it as Captain Marvel on the front. So, Even to this day, they can they can still call him Captain Marvel. They just DC gave up. Let's set the, let's put it up to a I vote. Didn't. His name is I vote yes. His name is Captain Marvel. It is not Shazam. It is Captain yes, Marvel? Captain Marvel. I Captain I refuse Marvel. to call him Shazam. That is not Shazam. It, Shazam is the wizard. I mean, like if a reporter asks him, like, "What is your name, great hero?" Like, what, like how does he like? Solve that situation. Like, well, I mean, to the last of my knowledge, their names aren't Mary Shazam and Shazam Jr. Uh, they're Captain Marvel Jr. and Mary Marvel. Then the 70s happened, and for some reason, there's this resurgence of popularity with the character of Captain Marvel. He gets his own DC comic again, he gets a live action TV show, and he gets what we're here to talk about today the Shazam cartoon. Whatever deal they had with Filmation breathed a lot of new life into the property. Even though the comic boomed to sell like enormously better than anything. I mean, some of that can be chalked up to the implosion of the, of the comic industry in the late 70s. They brought out the big guns. They got C.C. Beck came back, and he was doing original artwork. They were doing, like, reprint and original artwork with C.C. Beck. It's pretty awesome, uh, but they had it the, didn't last. The live-action show, which I kind of have a vague recollection of. I don't remember much of it. Um, I know the guy who plays Billy Bassett has is, is been milking that cow dry uh, <laughs> to, on the convention circuit forever. <laughs> I mean, literally, the guy's Twitter says who he is, that he is the the guy who played Billy Batson. He shows up at all the conventions. I believe he still wears that red and yellow shirt when he makes his public appearance. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you got you to gotta go with what you know. Uh, I don't know. I like the, the show was okay, the, the live action show. It was, you know, they kind of got too far away because they had the uh, the mentor character. They were in an RV with this creepy old man, and Billy's looks like he's twenty something years old at that point, but it had a charm to it. Plus, they had the uh, the backup in World's Finest, which I enjoyed, but you must have hated because they made Billy a teenager in that he was. Yeah, not I don't. Old. I do not. I do not like aging up Billy. I've got a huge problem with it. I Billy is twelve years old forever. 
he should not age at one bit ever, ever, ever in the history of ever should Billy Batson get over. I see what you're saying about this guy. (laughs) It's where it works best. By your logic, you know, Tony Stark still should have been been during the Vietnam war that he got the shrapnel in his heart. That's Tony Stark. It's not as important as Captain Marvel. Like there was a formula that worked great with Captain Marvel. It was the little boy. It's the wish fulfillment fantasy. It's the same with, you know, like the green lantern is the wish fulfillment of the power ring. You know, it's a, uh, it's a fantasy for children, and you have a twelve-year-old boy, and it's becomes a, the world's mightiest hero. Doesn't even need a mask. Who would ever think that he was Billy Batson? Such a great idea. Now, hey, when are you gonna have him get older and older? Nah, I don't like that. Problem with the movie too. I, yeah. You could kind of gradually age him over time a little bit. I mean, at some point, I mean, we should should Dick Grayson still be eight years old and be Robin? Yes. No. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> He's infinitely more popular as Nightwing than he ever was as Robin. Yeah, but that was different. It was a different kind of character. I guess we're going to have to, as they, uh, the way of saying you're wrong, agree to disagree. I agree that I'm right. I don't agree to that. So the uh, filmation live action show ended. So then we got 1981. We got the cartoon, which was actually technically called... The Kids Superpower Hour with Shazam. And Hero High. Yeah, now actually the the animated show I think was much better than the live action show. It's a lot more faithful to the comic. I remember because I remember the the theme song with uh, the Kids Superpower Hour with Shazam. It's still still more which ran long longer. Like there was more. It was a lot that ran longer, didn't it? I think it ran only eighty. I think it had thirty eight episodes. I believe. Did, it, did and, they just get more episodes in the hour or something? Well, like, that was the thing. It was an hour long show where it was a combo of the Hero High Shazam with live action segments from the characters from Hero High, like laughing where the <laughs> the, the Hero High characters were dressed right. up making okay. jokes. Yeah. Now I looked up did a lot of research. Maybe you guys know the answer. I couldn't find any explanation of why this was paired with Hero High and Shazam just didn't have his own cartoon. I, I don't know the answer to that. Franny? Uh, I don't even remember Hero High, but they used to do that sort of thing back in the day where they'd have, you know... Yeah, they'd have the, the, the Tarzan, Zorro, the, yeah, uh, something like that. Hour, I remember. They, was, that. they were always teaming up things for, like, combo shows. And they didn't always make sense to put them together. But then you'd sit and you'd wa- you'd just watch the half that you liked and walk off and eat your bowl of cereal or whatever you were doing for the other half. I don't have a lot of memories of Hero High. I remember it. <laughs> Hero High was supposed to be the Archie gang at first, but for some reason, Filmation had terminated their relationship with the people that owned Archie. So they basically made it the Archies, oh, but they were superheroes and they were Hero High. I remember the main guy was like blonde and he had a, he was like a surfer and he had a cape and suit, but he was barefoot. I remember, a, oh yeah, I remember a, that now. And they had a Reginald, a Reggie Van Pelt ripoff who was like, he was one of the superheroes, but he was a dick and always jealous of him. And uh, I just remember Betty and Veronica. Yeah, the they show. did. Filmation, who did this? Who, if you don't know, Filmation, shame on you. Shame but, on you. <laughs> but they did He Man in the Masters Universe. They did Flash Gordon. They did the Star Trek Star Trek cartoon. They did the uh, some of the Batman and cartoons of the late sixties and seventies. Uh, they did the Gilligan. You've heard the music. You know their music, their stock music. <laughs> they did the Gilligan's Island uh, music. Uh, this aired on uh, NBC Saturday mornings. It was a rare 60-minute show because they shared the thing with Hero High. We're not going to really reviewing Hero High. We're only going to be reviewing Shazam, Captain Marvel himself. We're going back to October 10th, 1981. 
The Re- Black Adam Returns, written by Dennis O'Flaherty. I couldn't find a director. I'm going to assume the legendary Lou Scheimer was the director of this cartoon. Black Adam, while we're on the subject, that's a... He's a character that, it, that DC tries to think is a big deal, but literally for like 40 years, this guy made like one, one appearance. Yeah. Well, two, one in the cartoon and one in the comic. Yeah. In the Golden Age, he showed up one time. But DC did everything with it. Everything that has happened with Black Adam is due to DC, other than that one appearance. Bizarre. Very bizarre. And it's also weird that he, they- He got the push of a lifetime. I can only assume because of, uh, they thought people would remember the live action Shazam- and it was one of the few things they had the rights to that they hadn't done recently. And that's the reason they did the cartoon. Is it might take some of that momentum. Because they'd already done Batman and they didn't have the rights to most of the DC characters anymore because Hanna-Barbera had gotten them in the 70s. Franny, you're unusually quiet. I got nothing right now. <laughs> Story of your life, pal. We're going to go over some of the credits. Credits do. Obviously, Captain Marvel, Billy Batson, created by C.C. Beck and Bill Parker. He's voiced by Burr Middleton. The only voice credit I could find for this guy, he's the newsreel narrator on the Star Trek Enterprise episode, Stormfront Part 2. Learn something new every day. Hmm. He has to have done more work than just Shazam in an episode of Enterprise. But I scoured... Whoever logged that in was obviously a Trekkie. Captain Marvel Jr., who's created by uh, Ed Heron, C.C. Beck. Mark Raboy, he is a uh, voice. Mark Raboy, baby. <laughs> you know who he is? He's famous for being on the Flash Gordon strip. I, I was unaware of that. Yeah. Gorgeous That's, art. He's voiced by Barry Gordon. Now, he uh, has done a lot of live action acting as well as voice acting. He's Donatello and Bebop on the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was Inky on the Pac-Man cartoon. Hey, talking. He played the rabbi on Curb Your Enthusiasm. You might remember him. He was on an episode of Three's Company as uh, Gordon. He was Chrissy's secret admirer. Oh, I love Three's yes, Company. He had, yes. the, he had the kind of voice like this. He had the Saul Rosenberg voice. <laughs> and you're, I gotta be me. <laughs> uh, any chance you have to throw Three's Company references into the show, you gotta do it, man. Mary Marvel, created by Otto Bender and uh, Mark Swayze. She was voiced by a uh, Don Jeffery. I couldn't find any voice acting for this woman. She did a lot of uh, character acting from everything from Dukes of Hazzard to Charlie's Angels. But she's more famously known as a Hollywood baby wrangler. Is that baby wrangler? Yes. Is, a oh, is, baby that, is wrangler? that the person who just casts babies for commercials? <laughs> no, she's on the set with child actors to make sure they remain focused and uh, stay in their job and uh, don't get uncomfortable and lose it. Uh, she's oh, famous for being a baby wrangler. A famous. <laughs> I didn't know you could be famous for that, but it does seem like a job that needs to be done if you're going to have kids on sets. I really want to know because Filmation was notorious for using a lot of the same people. This woman, I can't find any other cartoon voice credit she did. So I really want to find the story of how she ended up at Filmation doing the voice of Mary Marvel. And uh, we have the legend himself, the, the most important character in the history of DC Comics, Black Adam. <laughs> He's created by C.C. Beck and Otto Bender. Lou Scheimer, the great Lou Scheimer, does his voice in this cartoon. <laughs> Lou Scheimer, who is the head of Filmation, but he also did such voices as Orko from... Uh, uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. He's got a great voice. Uh, he does. <laughs> it's quite a lot of range, actually. 
Yeah, for animation. Yeah, not quite a Mel Blanc, but he's uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. well, not too were, shabby either. You know, they were doing a lot of things on a shoestring budget. He might as well do the voices himself, save himself a paycheck. Uncle Dudley, the Wizard, and Takitani all are voiced by the legend Alan Oppenheimer. Oh my God, what a true gift, Alan Oppenheimer. Yeah, he does a little W.C. Fields kind of voice. Thing. He's the voice, the most, the best voice of Skeletor from the original Masters of the Universe. Hey, man, you boob. <laughs> That's actually not that bad. <laughs> and Ming the Merciless. So on that note, we are going to take a break. We're going back to 1981, the Shazam cartoon, Black Adam Returns. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Here is some exciting scenes from today's Kids Super Power Hour with Shazam! Coming up soon. The Kids Superpower Hour with Shazam will return after these messages. Jack is learning how to cook. He knows about everything else. I couldn't sleep without you. Yeah, Jack. Neither could I. Tonight at 6, visit the wackiest roommates around on Three's Company. Someone is dying to meet Jack. Watch the crazy fun on Three's Company, tonight at 6 on Channel 32. Shazam! is the most fun you'll have at the movies all year. Are you for real? <laughs> it electrifies the DC Universe. Gandhi said that. I don't think he said that. Yeah, he did. It might have been Yoda. Shazam! Rated PG-13. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice... This is Billy Batson, star reporter for station WIZZ-TV. He has been picked by the aged wizard Shazam to carry on the wizard's lifelong crusade against crime and the forces of evil. When Billy speaks the wizard's name, Shazam! Billy becomes Captain Marvel, mighty champion, combining the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Billy's twin sister, Mary Batson, has also been granted special power. When she speaks the name... Shazam! Mary Batson becomes Mary Marvel, blending the grace of Selena with the best qualities of other goddesses, whose names combined form the word Shazam! The third member of the Mighty Trio is their friend, lame newsboy, Freddie Freeman, when he speaks the name of his idol, Captain Marvel! Freddie becomes the powerful Captain Marvel Jr. Together, they are the Mighty Marvel, dedicated to fighting the forces of evil throughout the universe. And we are back, and we just watched the Shazam cartoon, Black Adam Returns. Been a while since I saw that. I think the last time I saw that was in the uh, in the uh, '90s, 
my video store had a uh, VHS copy that had three episodes of the Shazam cartoon, and I owned that for a brief period. But I think that's the last time I actually watched this cartoon. I don't remember seeing this, but I remember everything about it, which is weird. It's like an out-of-body experience. Because it's, like it's like I've seen it all my life, but I can't tell you the last time I ever saw this. This was off like 20 years before you were born. Had you ever yeah. seen this before? For, uh, that was my first time. This, uh, from a me be it, like the young perspective like i i enjoy it more than most modern cartoons i see <laughs> going on you're a spider-man guy so have you ever even read a uh, comic book no never in my life this i'm <laughs> nothing but extensive experts here on that spectrum <laughs> we got the intro with great music explaining shazam and i love the fact that they explain the acronym shazam of every god but then we get to mary marvel the Grace of Selena, and a bunch of other female gods that we're not bothering naming right now. <laughs> oh, I think uh, uh, most of the female gods were of ill repute from back in the day, so there had to be, they had to tread water with The her. wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the, the, the wisdom of Zeus. And how many girls were really watching this cartoon? They're probably like, yeah, just move on. It's really all about the We world. get Mary Marvel, the, the Grace of Selena, and yeah, some other gods and goddesses that you never heard of and you don't care. <laughs> if you list them all, you're taking away from one more um, Uncle Dudley gag that they could squeeze in. The question is, why bother? Why even separate that? <laughs> why not just have them both be the same ones and just save yourself the second? They tried to each have them all stand for something different, like, Black well, I understand Adam's. in the comic then, but why this cartoon? Oh, why on the why even bother in this cartoon? Just... Yeah, they should have just dropped it. You know, they all have the power of Shazam. End of story. I will say this: the uh, the music in this cartoon is phenomenal. The music is great, it's, amazing. You, you it yeah. takes you back to that time period, but it's just perfect. You hear the music and you feel it. Like I just feel like I did when I was a little kid. I yeah. felt like I time traveled when I watched that. You kind of did. So it opens with the Marvel family looking through a telescope where they see a uh, Black Adam. Well, first, they're just looking at regular things. It looks like a meteor. We, the audience, know it's Black Adam. Looking through the telescope at midday, which anyone knows doesn't work, by the way. Uncle Dudley is going to, he wants to look in the thing because he's an expert. And uh, Uncle Dudley, for some inexplicable reason, sounds like W.C. Fields, which <laughs> is pretty awesome. <laughs> to, it was a little dated then. Where kids didn't know who W.C. Fields is. I can't imagine anyone under the age of 25 ever knows who the guy is. Anyone under 40 who knows who W.C. Fields was at this point. Can I just point out at this juncture? They're living in this giant, opulent mansion. Weren't they all, like, orphans or something in the comics? <laughs> Whether <Mary laughs> Brumfield, she came from money, though. Like, she, she'd been adopted by people with money. Ah, so. I see. So it's like different strokes, basically. Yeah, kind of. Not not far off. Now, yeah. if anyone who doesn't know, because they don't use him very often, Uncle Dudley actually has no powers, just wears the Sasam suit and calls himself Uncle Marvel, and just always just effing things up whenever he gets involved. Most pointless character I've ever seen. No, contrary. Uncle Dudley's pretty awesome. <laughs> and when he sees uh, Black Adam on the telescope, he says, oh, Great jumping Jehoshaphat's. <laughs> Stage left even. <laughs> yeah, a little sourpuss. So uh, they see it's Black Adam. So they all, in an awesome scene, it happens more than once, but great, which they use it for stock footage, but all the Marvels saying Shazam and turning into their counterparts together. Great music, great visual. 
Just love it. Yeah. You know, that just reuse that stock footage over and over in every yes. episode because it's filmation. Every time they say Shazam, they all turn into it. With the exact same pose, the exact same footage. So they find out Black Adam is looking for his princess. I didn't catch the name. Was it Jam- Jamila? Yeah, I think that, that yeah. sounds about right. Jamila? Jamaya? Jamaya. He lands in the little in the middle of what I can only assume is Fawcett City, even though they never actually explicitly say that. Um, then this uh, this guy uh, doesn't like he's in the street. He honks his horn at Black Adam. And he calls him an infinite wait, an infinite mortal. Infinite mortal. <laughs> What's the guy even doing? It just, it just... Black Adam's <laughs> been on Earth for all of ten seconds, and he's already <laughs> causing problems. Now, people's if you, daily commute. If you live in a city frequented by superheroes and supervillains. If you see a guy in a black and yellow suit with a big lightning bolt on his chest standing in the middle of the street, don't you have enough goddamn sense to not honk your horn at him? <laughs> or at least turn around and go the other way. Just pull over. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to let him do his thing. I'm getting off this street. So he literally lifts the car of his head, throws it, which Captain Marvel catches. He even says, oh, uh, Black Adam uh, does as he pleases. Except, uh, he uh, rips out a street light and has what we probably can agree is the best line is when Captain Marvel says, <laughs> hey... That's public property, mister. Maybe you ought to calm down. <laughs> that was so awesome. Like, I remember that line from when I was a kid, and it like hearing it again, it just came right back to me. I'm like, oh, that that was my favorite line for a reason. And uh, props to Burr Milton. His voice is just... You hear this voice, and you think, this is a goddamn superhero. Like yeah. uh, The guy who voiced Shazam and the... No, Captain, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. God, no. <laughs> You're even doing it now. But yes, yeah. like you hear his voice, and this guy is like, this guy's a superhero when you hear that voice. Yeah, it's tremendous. I agree with that. Un- Uncle Dudley uh, kind of gets in his face a little bit. So, Black uh, <laughs> Adam just throws him about 30 stories in the air. Literally, he tries to kill Uncle Dudley. But uh, he, gets, uh, he catches a flagpole. Catches a, what are the odds of that? I wonder, in Wizard of Oz... Professor Marvel looks an awful lot like Uncle Dudley. Do you think there's any connection I never thought of? That's uh, very possible. Um, Professor Marvel? Hmm. Uh, they save Uncle Dudley. He says, yeah, I softened him up for you. <laughs> and, then, and then Cap totally placates him. He's like, you sure did. <laughs> He'll know better than to mess with Uncle Dudley. <laughs> oh, we just tolerate you. <laughs> they, they love Uncle Dudley. It's like they all they all know what a... Why know. are they humoring this idiot? They're gonna, he's going to end up dead because of it. I know, they should be ashamed of themselves this year. <laughs> They're going to get him killed one day. And one of my greatest um, made me laugh so hard where Black Adam calls him a bunch of pipsqueaks. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, guys comes from ancient Egypt. He's like, yeah, pipsqueak. Yeah, like, ta-ta. But I mean, come on. The, the pipsqueak just not used enough in today's uh, day. No, it really doesn't. He uh, ends up turning Captain Marvel Jr., into a half-man, half-dog creature. That, I could tell you, would have scarred me as a kid if I saw that. Like, uh, like that just... He, but he was like an Egyptian dog kind of thing, though. He had the little Egyptian headdress on. Well, he doesn't so just turn him into... made it official. He doesn't just turn him into the Egyptian dog. He has a little pellet that he pulls out of his utility belt. Yeah. And he throws it at him. So, would, did you just buy these at the store in ancient Egypt? It I mean, like he had his own, what is this? Like Batman's utility belt, right? And he's like, tush. Like, yeah. like back shark repellent or something. And uh, if you, this sounds a little weird. You get used to it. Black Adam pulls out whatever power they just deem they want him to do in whatever particular scene. They, they basically pull a Superman 2 where whatever power you need, hey, he's got it. 
Not not knowing much about Black Adam, I would have believed it if you guys weren't here. <laughs> I would be like, oh, I guess. Would have been great if The Rock had pulled out a pellet and uh, turned uh, James Bond into a half man, half dog creature. <laughs> yeah, it would have been great if he just pulled out this giant cellophane lightning <laughs> bolt and threw it at him and covered him with it. <laughs> so they figure only magic can save him. So they go to the Wizard Shazam's caves, which I gotta say, Shazam's cave is tremendous. It's it perfect. Like, yeah. It's pulled was, right uh, from the comic book. Seven deadly sins on the wall, and you're looking at it as you approach uh, Shazam's throne. And I gotta say, uh, while we're on the subject, Shazam, all the Marvels, Black Adam, perfect. The designs, the, no interpretations, no updated for a modern audience. No, they they don't just deviate from the designs at all. Looks like CC Beck came up with the turnarounds for all these characters. So, uh, Dad, what was your, um, what did you say who should have played, um, Shazam the Wizard, like, if they made a movie back then? <laughs> I, knew- I was a kid when I wrote that. <laughs> George Carlin was the choice that I made when I was young. I had a letter printed and Jordan read it recently. What was that in? Uh, Power of Shazam. Yeah, so during the Jerry Ordway run, I, I, I had a letter printed in the letter column. I pulled it out and I let Jordan read it, and he was laughing at me. I gotta, going forward, every time you're on, we're gonna do a special of Dave's letter column, and we're gonna read the letters of yours. Well, that's actually, because, you know, it sounds better than it actually is, and when you read my letters, it sounds horrible, so I'd, I'd rather the mystique of that I made amazing letters and no one actually reads them. The mystique. The mystique. Yes. You can't go anywhere. On the internet without hearing about the legend <laughs> of Dave Rocker's letters. To yeah, I, when I go on the street, people are coming up with copies of the letters, letter columns for me to autograph for them. <laughs> so uh, they explain the origin of Black Adam, fairly faithful to the comic, where the wizard 5,000 years ago gave him the power of Shazam. He went evil, even did a laugh, so in case you didn't know he was evil, evil. he laughed to show you that he was a heel. Telegraphed it. Trapped him in outer space for 5,000 years. Very similar to the crime syndicate, you know, how they were trapped in Green Lantern's bubbles in outer space. <laughs> right. Like, I never understand how that works, but hey, you know, what the hell. That was actually right out of the Golden Age. He was <laughs> trapped for 5,000 years. So. And he's coming back to get the princess, and Shazam says he must be stopped. Now, on that basis... This guy's just trying to get back with his girl he hasn't seen in 5,000 years. Why doesn't Shazam give him any reason why, other than he's going to the princess, he must be stopped? Well, I mean, he said uh, he wanted to rule the world. He with does her, later, right? but at this point, <laughs> that's the only reason Shazam gives. Now, granted, the guy tried to murder Uncle Dudley and kill some poor guy in a car. Maybe he just knew how, how destructive Black Adam's broad was going to be, and he couldn't let that happen. And Shazam says there's only one way to stop him, which they ask what that is. And he I says, cannot. it's a mystery. I cannot. I, I mean, I, I defeated him easily, but um, I'm not going to tell you that. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. You have to figure it out for yourself. You just needed to have a little evil smirk from Shazam at that point, you know, to sell that. What? I could tell you and end the episode right now. You could just click your heels together three times with the ruby red slippers and you're just going to go home. But you got to find this out for yourself. What a jerk. The Wizard Shazam is. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a real dick move. Now, an amazing coincidence, we find out that uh, Takitani uh, works at the museum, and he had just mentioned to Freddie Freeman, there's an uh, Egyptian uh, <laughs> display there with Black Adam's princess. I thought he was going to sell uh, Frosted Flakes for a second when I saw him. I was, <laughs> I was like, who is this character? Takitani? Oh, you didn't know who Takitani was? No. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Talkie Tawny is terrific. Is like, but, why does he run a museum? Like, yeah, like, that's what I want. Since when? <laughs> since when was he the curator of the museum? Uh, since they needed him to be. 
If anybody doesn't know, Takitani is an anamorphic uh, human tiger who is wearing, complete with a three-piece suit, <laughs> who is the curator at the museum. Tigers are known to do. And uh, he sounds a lot like uh, Beast Man from uh, Masters of the Universe. Anybody care to put your uh, rich little uh, impersonation skills on display and do Takitani's voice? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I'm not that good at it. They're great. That's that's as good as you're going to get from me. So he says, uh, thank goodness you guys are here. There's a weirdo in there. Weirdo. From the talking tiger. And uh, Black Adam frees his princess, uh, who then he turns into a, a sniveling simp. Oh, it's so amazing. Oh, God. Oh, it's so amazing. Oh, my God. Was she even worth keeping, though? Like, was she like that even went before? <laughs> she, she was the it. Black Adam, apparently. <laughs> she, like, berates him for taking so long. She says how she's been wrapped like a sack of potatoes for years. It's like, fine, you can go back to sleep. I don't give a crap. Like, what? It even <laughs> says how uh, it's because he's been trapped for 5,000 years. That's the same old excuse he used before. <laughs> she's even looking at her nails while he's, like, you know, fawning over. Calls she him must b- have some bomb you-know-what. Because <laughs> if she has him eating out of the palm of her hand in two seconds <laughs> what did freddie freeman say uh witnessing this <laughs> she's really giving it to him now <laughs> oh my god black adam he's such a coward oh <laughs> uh, yeah freddie freeman's reactions actually really sell it they see the staff of osiris is glowing and takitani says he's never done that before well the, before that when it starts glowing they say what is that there's a big sign on it that says Staff of Osiris. That's <laughs> like four feet wide. <laughs> so um, they're gonna... this might be germane to the plot, kids. It reminded me of the staff from Indiana Jones. Yeah, the, the Staff of Raw. The Staff of Raw, yeah. So to, uh, to keep those Marvel busy, they uh, take a giant alligator and a giant baboon, I think it is, to bring them to life and wreak havoc where the Marvels have to deal with it. I, baboon I, design a little strange. You might almost think it's a lion. I was confused on that. I feel like they were going to do three, but ran out of time. <laughs> like, you know, the the perfect number would have been three, one for each of the Marvel family to overcome, then they come back together to come face Black Adam, but they only had time for two. Uh, they split up. Mary Marvel with ease takes care of the alligator, throws it into outer space. Outer Killing space. <laughs> outer space, man. This gorgeous alligator creature that just got treated, and she just killed it. You think the government would want that for, like, science or something, you know? Like, like what's... Uh, Billy and Freddie Freeman, they take care of the baboon by uh, using the staff of Osiris and just shrinking him out of existence. He got a much better fate than that alligator. <laughs> I didn't even know what the staff was two minutes ago, but all of a sudden now Captain Marvel's wielding it like uh, he's been doing it his whole life. User-friendly. <laughs> so then they have to uh, track the Adam down and his princess to ancient Egypt. Where uh, then you find out that they're trying to cast some spell that apparently is going to make the world their slaves. It's a little vague, but, you know. He's like, I need this object to rule the world, you know, just the same. Uh, They show up, they get into a fight over the staff of Osiris where it gets thrown into fire and blows up. Ancient artifact, they're at least 5,000 years old and they've just destroyed it. It made it all this way and they got rid of it in an afternoon. It belongs in a museum. That was the end of his uh, princess. Apparently, her life was connected to the staff of Osiris, that which it's destroyed. So is she. Really, so you know, Black Adam's going to be really heartbroken, and he's not going to be able to recover from losing his princess, <laughs> right? Yeah, five thousand years he's been trying to get back to this. Five thousand years he took to cross the universe to get back from his imprisonment. Now, uh, after that, he 
pulls out this power that IW Black Adam had, I've never seen before or since, where he can immobilize the, the Marvel family when they can't move. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess Egyptian magic, I don't know. Yeah, he notices that Mary Marvel is uh, much prettier than his uh, his bride. Yeah, you're much hotter. <laughs> he's been a widower for like all of ten seconds, and he's already moving on to the, some chick at the funeral. <laughs> and in a uh, somewhat uncomfortable scene of him uh, hypnotizing Mary Marvel to be his bride, I see a little, a little, a little, a little problematic. But uh, I guess we'll say no. But your eyes say yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll let it go. I guess. And before leaving with her, he uses his ice vision to freeze Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. What did Black Adam do? Now, if you were Captain Marvel or any of the Marvel family, wouldn't you be a little pissed at the wizard at this point? All you got was you can fly in super strength. This guy's got every power under the sun. As soon as they got dog pellets. Yeah, they know that the fix was in, that Shazam was holding out on him all this time. At this point, Black Adam has turned into Martian Manhunter, where he's got a new power every five seconds. That's whatever the story needs him to have. And then they fly right through the top of a pyramid. So this ancient building that's been around for thousands of years. They take the, tear the whole top off. That who knows how many man hours and slave labor to people died building this thing. And they just fly right through it and destroy it. Well, this is my home a long time ago. I think it was sentimental value, but nope. <laughs> but thankfully he did that because the sun gets in and it melts the ice that Billy and Freddie Freeman are stuck in. Yeah, as Shazam says, I'm going to vibrate through the ice. Like, it's not the flash. Like, I don't... <laughs> Well, he does have the speed of Mercury, so the speed of Mercury. It's not unfathomable that he could do this. Um, they fly after him in space because he can sense where Mary Marvel is. But he went. Why did Black Adam go all the way across the universe to make it back to the Earth just to leave again? I don't. Yeah, to I, go back to quote his planet, which is where he was trapped for the last five thousand years, sitting on a rock contemplating his navel. Why would you want to go back? <laughs> you think it'd be the last place he'd want to go? Exactly. His his 5,000-year imprisonment place? Um, now, it, it, I mean, maybe I'm wrong here. I don't remember there ever being some psychic connection between Mary Marvel and Billy Batson that he, they could sense where each other are. Yeah, not, not unless there was something in a Golden Age comic that I don't recall, but... Freddie says something about how old man Shazam could have gave us more, and then, like, a light bulb goes off in Billy's head where now he knows what to do. Uh, you actually get to see his eyes at this point. And, and I know. He opens his eyes. And is, like, what What kind of green is this dude smoking? He's, so he then magically just finds trees in outer space. Well, they're green trees. Green trees. Yeah. Space trees. They fly by a planet what I th- think is Jupiter, but I have no idea. It did seem to have a red eye on it. Mary tries to warn Black Adam, but... That he's not having it. He's just, yeah, he, uh, you know, away with you. You just stand there and just look pretty, Mary. Yeah, that's basically what he says. Well, you, pretty much. He does have one of the most ridiculous lines you will never get away with in a comic book today. Where he tells think of something. So think of beating the slaves. Yeah, think of something happy like beating the slaves as they build the pyramids. <laughs> They're putting him over as a heel, I guess. There's like, oh, he was coming back for love, but now it's unforgivable. Yeah, well, they, you, just when you start to get some sympathy for Black Adam, they got to reel you back in and remind you that he's a bad guy. So apparently on this planet he's been trapped on, there's some kind of sentient life that he is the master of and they worship and are going to build a pyramid in his honor. Which begs the I guess he left to get his princess to come back and do it with her, but <laughs> traded in for a new mo- newer. And we model. never really told how 
what was holding him for 5,000 years that suddenly isn't there that now he can come back. When the comic, it took him 5,000 years to get back. Maybe that's what it was in this, and they just didn't come out and say it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but it took him 20 minutes to get back. <laughs> that was a good point. <laughs> and by the way, how do Billy, how do... Uh, Billy and Freddy. Billy and Freddy. No. How do, no, how do they get there first? Because Black Adam and, and uh, Mary fly off five minutes before they do. They're still frozen. Yeah. So how do they pass them in space... And, get to the and, planet they've never been to. And do their uh, A-team build-a-project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. And Wormholes. Then, and one of the most... I've, we're on episode 84. Nothing like the 60s, but uh, plot holes, you know? I'm on episode 84. I've watched some ludicrous plans unfold. But this plan that Billy Bassman has is one of the most baffling, ridiculous things. He builds a giant wooden treasure chest. In space. In space. Baffling <laughs> if it doesn't work. They and Black Adam are intrigued. A great scene of uh, Freddy and Billy are hiding behind a little black moon. Yeah. It's like a little, a little asteroid or something, and they're hiding right behind it, barely big enough to cover them. He opens it. He's disappointed. It looks empty at first, but there's a scroll. In this gigantic treasure chest. The only thing in there. <laughs> and uh, Mary tries to warn him not to read it. But he's like, ah, shut your mouth. Uh, you know, you're Get back <laughs> in the kitchen, Mary. <laughs> Make me some pie. And on it, he reads, to whom it may concern, Shazam. Can this oh, dude know? Was something wrong with his reading? Like, he couldn't have looked at it and been like, oh. Mr. Mixoplex. Well, well, yes, it's the it's a beat Mixoplex straight plan straight out in the sixties. But also, is Black Adam Ron Burgundy all of a sudden? Whatever you put in front of him, he'll just read. He'll read. He will read whatever you put in. And front in fact, of him. they put they write it in big red black letters. Definitely, <laughs> been been on Earth in five thousand years. Well, it's one of the powers of the game. Yeah, the wisdom of Solomon. There it is. Exactly. If he can freeze you with his vision into ice blocks, I'm sure he can learn, pick up English really quick. That turns him into dust, because he turns into his mortal form, which is a 5,000-year-old man who would just be dust. Which does seem pretty adult, that uh, type of cartoon for yeah. kids. like what, that they, uh, Essentially caused him to commit suicide? Yeah, yeah they to... killed the dude. <laughs> At least they didn't leave him a skeleton. He turned right to dust. This snaps Mary out of it. Uh, she starts to say what? which uh, Billy cuts her off and, and explains that they tricked him into saying the wizard's name, which turned him into his mortal form. And she said, what I was going to say is what took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> which they're almost like, and they're like, let's go back. I hate to say it, but I'm looking forward to Uncle Dudley's cooking. We should got to laugh at it. They smile, but they all should have done the, Throw the head back. <laughs> and, and then pan back. The camera pans back as they're all laughing in space. It's probably a kind smile. Like, eh, I mean, his cooking's not that great, but, you know, as uh, as long as you enjoy it. And they're all on Earth. Mission accomplished. All it cost was, like, they destroyed a, an ancient pyramid and destroyed the staff of Osiris. And, and a bunch of ancient outer space trees as well. Yeah, destroyed a whole bunch of stuff. Wrecked that poor guy's car that was going just going to work. But they put the lamppost back in the ground after he pulled it out. They did. Because it's public property. Calmed down. It's public calmed property. Down. Public property. You might, might want to calm down a little. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Shazam. Black Adam returns. A great little uh, return to my childhood, I got to say. You know, uh, better times. Far better times. 
I wish I could have my childhood like around that era. It's, oh, dude, the 80s was the best time. We we the grew up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It was the best time. Now, uh, before we get into it. Then your generation ruined it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Before we get into any kind of review, uh, Dave, why don't you uh, give us a uh, your take, since you're the quote-unquote expert of the faithfulness of this adaptation. I, I think it's faithful in spirit. The character designs are great. Cap looks like Cap. He right down to his squinty eyes. He looks like C.C. Beck drew him. Mary Marvel looks kind of like a modern version. Originally, she was drawn to look like Judy Garland, but she looks pretty much like you'd think Mary Marvel would be drawn, and Captain Marvel Jr. does. Uncle Dudley looks great. I like the I like the W.C. Fields thing with him. Black Adam looks terrific. The wizard looks great. The Rock of Eternity, the whole entrance there with the seven deadly sins, the whole aesthetic of the whole show is top-notch as a kid's show, but I, I think it's fun. I think it's good in spirit. and It's as faithful as you could expect a kid's cartoon from 1981 to be to a 1940s comic. All right. Because there's so many of those. <laughs> Uh, hopefully um you uh captain marvel fans will uh agree with dave you know we never talked about that his nickname is uh not to sidetrack is the big red cheese i mean that is such a great nickname it is it doesn't get brought up enough (laughs) but on that note we're over to our spectrometer new to the show spectrometers where we record we saw zero spectros being absolute garbage four spectros being it just doesn't get any better than this dave since you were already uh talking let's start with you how are you gonna rank shazam black adam returns in my objective and unbiased opinion because that's all I ha- that's all i have is his unbiased objective viewpoints would you get serious I, I would have to say that the, I would give this show, I I want to say a three. I'm tempted to go to a two and a half, but no, nah, I'm going to go with a three. Well, uh, Jordan, we're going to go next to you. Um, I I give it a solid four. Like I would have I would have enjoyed it as a kid. Like we have a new fan. I lo- Cap is still winning over mine. Yeah, uh, tracking down the back issues now. <laughs> Uh, Freddie, the resident Marvel, quote-unquote Marvel guy, why don't you give your ranking of Shazam! Black Adam Returns. It's got a lot going for it. I mean, it's Filmation, which Filmation's always great, if you grew up with it. They do so much right, like Dave said. And even the things they did wrong are still right. Because, I mean, it's just fantastic with freeze rays and turning people into dogs. <laughs> it's just brilliant. And even if it's wrong, it's great. So I got to go with Jordan. I'm going to four. <laughs> we got two fours so far. I am uh, going to be objective on this. <laughs> oh, here it comes. Here, here it comes. comes. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's got to be the negative Nancy. <laughs> I'm going to go. going to be the contrarian. <laughs> be Matt. <laughs> Who's it going to be? <laughs> Matt Spectro. He's going to chat all over everybody's childhood. <laughs> I'm going to go two and three quarter Spectros. Uh, the good, the character designs, great. Music, great. Uh, I love the voice acting, and I like the faithfulness. Having said that, it's 
paper thin plot that's pretty ridiculous and baffling in parts, and the animation is clearly rushed and sloppy. I mean, Black Adam's hands turn yellow in a couple scenes. At one point, Billy's sleeves are just already loses the uh, um, the yellow uh, arm hands. I enjoyed it a lot. I might give it higher if I'm going based just on what I enjoy, but I have to be objective for my listening audience. I'm going to go two and three quarter spectros. Holy moly. I don't think you were watching the same cartoon that we were. <laughs> it's a good ranking. What did you give it, Clem? <laughs> I, give it, I, I didn't give it a two something now, did I? Would you give it a three? You're ahead of me by a quarter. I think Franny and Jordan are being a little too generous on this one. I don't know, it's, uh, the animation was better than the uh, the 60 Spider-Man cartoon. Like, like. I mean, yeah, like, they used a lot of the same footage over and over, but, like, not as much as, like, other old cartoons that I've seen. When Filmation reuses footage, they reuse good footage. Hey, I said it was good. I would watch again. I enjoyed it. Matt apparently has some real problems. Sometimes you just gotta gotta go for the love of the game. You know what I mean? I I, like it. The music's great. The voice acting's great. I love the designs. It was entertaining to me. Not all for the right reasons, though. You just rated it slightly higher than the Trolls and the Christmas Express. <laughs> <laughs> Apples and oranges, my friend. What did you think out there? Did you like it? Well, you couldn't have liked it any better than Franny and Jordan, but you might have liked it uh, less than them, and uh, you might have liked it more than myself or Dave. If you could, uh, you can go to my uh, social media and let me know what you think. You can find me at Matt Spectro on Twitter, and uh, you can follow me while you're there. You can find me on Facebook, Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Follow me there, tell me you think. And I'm also now on Hive. You can follow me there, at Matt Spectro, all lowercase letters. And tell me what you thought of Shazam! Black Adam's Return. Well, I want to thank everyone for uh, joining us. It's always a pleasure to have this crew back together for New Year's. Pleasure's all yours. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This is the uh, free plug time of the show. Of the three of you, friends, you're the only person I can think of who would have anything to plug. The floor is yours. Plug away. Please check out my eBay store, Static Vintage, where we got all the stuff you want but don't really need. I still am an admin and a moderator at the Green Lantern Corps Forum. If you have any interest in Green Lantern, stop on by and have a chat. I just like cartoons. <laughs> Friendly two questions. He, uh, he's a Green Lantern expert. He's got a Green Lantern board. Where's your Iron Man board? They shut it down 20 years ago when Marvel stopped doing that stuff. And secondly, do you have any Captain Marvel merchandise on your eBay page? Unfortunately, I do not, but I might steal something from his shrine over there, so. And that's going to about do it for this week. I want to thank you all for joining us for the final episode of 2022. Look for bigger and better things from Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Going to have guests galore, returning guests, new guests, you name it. Maybe change things up. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm going to have, this is the first I'm going to announce it. When I do my anniversary show this year, there's going to be a special surprise gift that we're going to be giving away as part of the anniversary special, but you're going to have to wait and see what that comes on. Until then, subscribe to my podcast, give it a five-star review, share it, and we'll see you again in the 2023 from Matt Spectro through the Multiverse. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.